What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 35 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all have any great April 20th. Uh, happy 420. Um, happy MLB The Show Day. Happy Padres versus Brewers. Happy um, almost NBA postseason. Um, happy NFL offseason. There's every everything. Everything is uh, a lot of a lot of sporting things going on right now. A lot of uh, different, um, you know, uh, I guess times of the seasons for all these different sports. You know, baseball's finally back up. Basketball is just about to finish uh, and go into the postseason. NFL's still in off season. Um, and you know, we're just. I, I feel like we're getting some music releases too. We're, we've come up on quite a few uh, album anniversaries that I'll get into. Um, but it's just a good time to be alive. Good, great day today, Southern California. Perfect weather, um, you know. And and we're almost done with this school semester. We're almost at at the uh, at the end of it and, and into summer. So uh, a lot to be grateful for today. A lot to be happy about. Um, and I mean, first and foremost, uh, let's get into this Dodgers and Padres series this season. Uh, this this past weekend, as this is the uh, first of six series um, between the two teams, uh, these two NLS, NL West uh, rivals who are arguably the top two teams in baseball. Um, and like I said, we'll be able to see uh, 16 more games between both of them uh, by the end of the regular season before it's all said and done and into um, postseason baseball. Um, but on uh, Friday night uh, was the first game of the series. Uh, we had Ryan Weathers actually making his uh, first career start uh, since um, he started against the Dodgers last year in Game Three of the NLDS. Um, so he was on the he was on the bump. Uh, he he played pretty well. I mean he he, th- he pitched three uh, three and uh, three and a third. Um, we he didn't allow a run, only one hit. Um, you know Walker Bueller on the other hand, uh, great on the mound as well. Both both starters really. Uh, set the tone of the game, um, set the tone of uh, just how hectic and crazy this uh, these games are. You know, every pitch, every uh, ball that's put in play, um, you know, every strikeout, every ground ball, everything is just it, it leaves, you know, uh, it leaves every everybody uh, who's on either side. Um, just, you know, on the edge of their seats, ready, uh, and anticipating whatever's going to happen. Um, you know, like I said, it, it got off to, uh, a zero, zero start until the, uh, until the fifth, uh, both teams, uh, had tied it up at one. And then, uh, the Dodgers were able to, uh, put three on the board in the sits to, uh, push it to four to one. Um, and then by the eighth inning, um, it was five, three, uh, it was two outs, and uh, Jarrett Profar came up to bat, hit a liner to left, was able to tie the game up at five. Petro was going crazy, um, and then Mookie Betts in the top of the ninth got walked on a, a first a first pitch walk, uh, which led to his eventual score, pushed it to six to five, and then uh, bottom of the ninth, two outs, uh, runner on th- uh, what's it called? Oh, no, actually, let's let's not even say runner on third. Manny Machado. Two outs, works a walk, works a full count, gets hurt working a full count, and then somehow manages to take a walk, steals second, is still injured on the play, on a wild pitch, is able to get to third, 
And then Eric Hosmer, 2-2 pitch, two outs, bottom of the ninth, hits it right up the middle, ties the game up at sits, and sends it to extra innings. Um, if you have not heard um, about this new rule in extra innings, at the at every top half of the inning, or you know, top of the tenth, bottom of the you know, every half inning, uh, the team gets to start. The team who's batting gets to start with a runner on second with zero outs. Um, and you know, when you have an offense like the Padres, like the Dodgers, uh, that is very critical because you know, one hits uh, can not only allow that runner on second to score, but you do not want to get the bats hot for either one of these teams. Um, and the Padres were able to hold the Dodgers to nothing in the bottom of the ten- I mean, the top of the 10th. And then uh, the bottom of the 10th came. Jaredson Profar comes out with the bat, hits a liner to right that I could have sworn was going to be gone. Uh, and it's eventually caught on the warning tracks. Uh, Will Myers is who started at second. He's able to advance to third, one out. Um, you know, and the Padres just aren't able to convert. Um, top of the 11th, they're able to hold the Dodgers again to nothing with the runner starting on second. And in the bottom of the 11th, two outs, bases loaded. Fernando Tatis comes up to bat. Already has hit a home run in this game. Uh, is a, a, in, in this this uh, scene, however, is strikes out, pushes it to the top of the 12th, and that's exactly when the Dodgers pulled away with it. Uh, Corey Cedar hits a two-run home run. Uh, the rally caps are popping. David Price hits a sacrifice fly that ends up pushing the store to five and uh, kind of puts it without re- with, within reach um, for the Padres. I mean, Jay Cronenworth was pitching by that time. Joe Musgrove took left. Uh, it was just a crazy ending to this game and a very much a tone setter for uh, what the rest of the series would be like. Um, you know, as on Saturday... Uh, it wasn't as high scoring, but it definitely we definitely saw one of the best pitching duels um, of the year at the moment as uh, it was Clayton Kershaw and Yu Darvish on the bump. Clayton Kershaw, six innings, two hits, zero runs, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Yu Darvish, on the other hand, seven innings pitched, one hit, one run, two walks, and nine Ks. Um, like I said, this game was definitely not even as high scoring, but... Uh, the biggest, I feel like the biggest uh, game changer was truthfully Clayton Kershaw's walk. Um, up until the fifth inning, it was 0-0. Uh, the Dodgers had two outs. They got the bases loaded, and Clayton Kershaw was up to bat. He worked a full count and was able to get take the walk. Uh, that was the only run of the game up to that point. Uh, the Padres stranded a few in the sixth and the seventh inning. And then in the ninth, Justin Turner hit a solo homer uh, to put the game to two nothing and then in the bottom of the ninth um the Padres were able to get two runners on second and third two outs Tommy Pham comes up to bat mind you Tommy Pham has been struggling a little bit at the plate this year uh but he's still Tommy Pham he still can come in clutch when he needs it uh and he was able to work a 2-2 count it was a straight liner to uh just about in the just in the center or in the middle of center and right field, Mookie Betts played it absolutely perfectly and made a diving catch to save the tie and possibly, who knows if Tommy Pham is able to get to third and, you know, just bring momentum into whoever's batting next uh, at that seven or eight spot. But still, Mookie Betts with the catch of the year, 
to save this game and allow the Dodgers to uh, sneak away on Saturday with a 2-0 win. Uh, what a crazy night that was. What a crazy game this was. Mookie Betts, like I said, literally the, the one of the best catches I've seen with my eyes and definitely the best catch this year alone. Um, no other uh, outfielder in the league probably could make the catch he did. Um, and again, the Padres lose in dramatic fashion after pushing the Dodgers, pitching with the Dodgers, um, just aren't able to get it done. The bats stayed a little, a little cold for this one. Um, and Clayton Kershaw was able to, uh, leave with the win. Uh, but on Sunday Padres looking for a, uh, for just a game, just to avoid the sweep, the Dodgers looking to sweep and, uh, you know, none other than Blake Snell. Uh, the man who was infamously pulled in game six of the Dodgers uh, against the Dodgers in the World Series last year um, has said numerous amounts of times that he wants another chance at the Dodgers. He wants uh, to prove why he shouldn't have been pulled in that game. And, of course, the highest-paid baseball player um, after this last offseason, Trevor Bauer, was on the mound on Sunday for the Dodgers. And yet again, both of these pitchers were able to really, really, really uh, give us a show, and I feel like that'll be uh, the really the the um, difference maker for both of these teams. As uh, there's just so many, there's so many great aces, um, if not very good twos and threes um, on these in the starting rotations. And um, you know, as soon as that first one starts to give, uh, is that other team able to take advantage of a great pitcher struggling? Or is the other team, you know, is the other team able to respond? Uh, the Dodgers on Sunday were able to uh, get on top early, uh, as Chris Taylor hit a two-run homer in the top of the second. Um, you know, the Padres were able to respond in the bottom of the fourth with a run of their own, and then in the bottom of the seventh, they were also able to respond uh, on Jake Cronenworth's solo homer, and then uh, the top, the bottom of the ninth. I mean, the bottom, not the bottom of the ninth, the bottom of the eighth, tied two to two. Uh, the Dodgers end up putting their their pitcher Santana, who had previously uh, hit Jorge Mateo in Game One, and kind of caused a huge brawl at the very end um, in the in the bottom of the tenth, I believe, or maybe the bottom of the eleventh. Um, and uh, the Padres were able to execute as Eric Hosmer came in clutch, not only in the bottom of the seventh inning to tie the game up, but also came in clutch in the bottom of the eighth as uh, he was able to rack in. Uh, two two RBIs, uh, three total for the uh, inning, and the Padres were able to escape uh, Sunday night Sunday night's game five to two with a five to two victory. Uh, like I said, man, this this game, this whole entire series, uh, gotta give gotta tip my hat off to the Dodgers. Of course, they played uh, excellent. There there were plenty of times where the Padres, if they possibly had an uh, one other run, um, they could have played with a little bit more aggression. I'd say. Uh, but I felt like for the most part, except for Sunday, uh, the Dodgers were really in the driver's seat. And a lot of times in baseball, when you're in the driver's seat, uh, your pitcher's able to pitch with a little bit more confidence. Uh, your infielders are more relaxed. Uh, they don't really, they're not really concerned with uh, making a mistake uh, and it really costing the game. When you're playing with that one, two score lead, two run lead, um, you know, I feel like everybody's just a little bit more relaxed. That's just kind of what happens. Um, and for the most part, the Dodgers were able to do that for most of the weekend. Uh, the Padres, though, however, we did respond multiple times. We responded game one down four to one, brought it all the way back to five to five, 
lost the lead in the top of the ninth, six to five, and still battled back in the bottom of the ninth to push it to extra innings. Uh, game two came down to came down to a miraculous catch by Mookie Betts. Um, you know, to end the game, to possibly have tied the game. But even right there, if the game's tied, or even if the Padres have, uh, you know, a one run, so it's two to one, does Mookie Betts still make that catch knowing that if he drops it, um, both of those runners are going to score and they're going to lose? It's not just a tie. Um, and then in game three, you know, Eric Hosmer uh, being able to come to the plate yet again, 425 with runners in scoring position this year, tied for third best in the lead, hit it up the middle, tied the game up, and then in the very next inning, get a two-run, did a two-RBI double, like just just a great um, just a great push from both squads. Uh, you know, I feel like baseball, you know, there's not really um, – there, I, I don't feel like you can really give up after um, really anything. You know, you can have a bad inning. You give up a few runs. Uh, but there's still so much time, still so much, um, you know, that you can give to the game and make an impact on the game. Um, but I really feel like the biggest difference uh, for the Dodgers in this series alone uh, was just the their ability to kind of play with that lead. Um, you know, once the Padres got that lead, um, in the, in game three, you could easily see how much more confident they were in their bats, how much more confident they were in when they were fielding. Um, you know, I think that's just the key, uh, for this Padres team. I feel like this year, uh, there have been plenty of games. Uh, there've been a handful of games where we, we are playing with the lead and you can easily see why we are one of the best teams in the lead. Uh, as our bats are speaking for it, uh, everybody's hitting the ball better. But um, I feel like we're, we've responded to adversity quite well this year, um, but we haven't been able to push it to that next level. I, I believe that when we're responding to adversity, we're able to tie the game. We're able to at least score a couple and still uh, be behind maybe one. Um, but there have been... Only only a few games where we've been able to truly push it forward, take the lead, take the game. I feel like that was the bit that was something that the Padres were able to do really well last year. Had the most uh comeback wins in the league. Uh the ability to um, you know, when the when it's time to truly uh strap up, when it's when it's literally do or die mode. Last year the Padres were able to turn on their bats, able to field everything the pitchers were able to turn it on um and this year i believe that we're getting there you know it's a long season uh it's not a 60 game short covid season it is a full 162 slate games um and i truly believe that with time uh giving fernando tatis jr a little bit more time to uh recover from the shoulder injury and kind of get out of his own head um and not be so concerned um, and just start having fun, man. I feel like that's the biggest uh, thing that Fernando can really do at the moment. I feel like, you know, he I know understand he's 22, just signed a huge contract, got hurt unfortunately, and now he's trying to, you know, still prove everybody why he de- proved everybody why he deserved that. But you know, Fernando, um, if you are listening to this, which is very much a long shot, I hope you know that me, along with all these other Padre fans, are not you know, concerns uh, with these recent struggles. 
of course we want you to be hitting home runs every every time you come up to bat driving in runs with uh, you know some clutch rbi doubles singles whatever it may be but you know don't think about it too much my guy like we all got your back everybody in san diego is supporting you um you know Pet petro was just electric this this um this weekend for uh, this series, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that it will continue to be electric. And, I mean, we're only in April, and we have plenty of months to figure this out. So, um, you know, if there was any positive – there were so many positives to take away from this series, uh, this, um, you know, it, it's just it's just the beginning of this season. And not only this season, but the next few years, you know, down the line for this Padres team. Uh, you know, so I, I just feel like – Fernando, like I said, if you are listening, just relax when you're at the plate. We all believe in you. There's no reason to overthink anything. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like, um, you know, there's no reason to feel like you need to be doing more than you already are. Um, you know, you're going to be straight, my guy. I'm happy that I'm unfor unfortunately I am going to the game tonight and you aren't going to be playing. Uh, so that kind of sucks. But, you know, take some time. Think about that. You know, I feel like there's you're just not seeing the ball well for whatever reason. Maybe you're thinking about your injury too much. Maybe you're thinking about anything else. Or maybe you're just in a slump. Anything, you know, any one of those things is fine. But I hope you know that us and the entire Friar Faithful are right behind you. And, you know, we're only uh, that much more excited uh, after this um, weekend series. But unfortunately, the Padres opened up. Uh, the series against the Brewers last night with a loss, three to one. Um, but Joe Musgrove, coming two games after his no hitter, was able to have a career high thirteen strikeouts, career high fourteen slider whiffs. Come on, man! But unfortunately, uh, those what's it called? He also he also uh, gave up in this game four hits, two two earned. Like I said, two earned. Um, and only one walk, but those two earned were unfortunately home runs. Uh, he actually said, you know, I mean, if you were watching the game, you could see as soon as he pitched um, those two uh, home run balls, you could instantly tell his body language. He knew he fucked up. Uh, it was They were both breaking balls uh, right down the middle of the plate. Boom, right to the right side of the field. Um, and those were honestly the difference makers. I know, I know we put in uh, Drew Pomerantz in the top of the eighth and, uh, that resulted also in a home run, but I mean, besides Jake Cronenworth single um, in a base hit in the ninth, there wasn't really much offense uh, to back up Joe Musgrove's unbelievable game. Um, so I mean, you know, there wasn't really. I know Joe Musgrove gave up those two uh, home runs, but there wasn't. What else is the man supposed to do? Thirteen strikeouts? Are you kidding me? It's only fitting, I guess, that he is wearing Jake Peavy's number and he doesn't have any fucking offense. So. Um, you know, the Padres did take the L last night. Joe Musgrove did touch an L last night as well. Uh, but they, like I said, are able to hopefully rebound tonight. Um, and then tomorrow, uh, very good news out of the bullpen. Uh, Denelson Lamette will actually be joining the rotation as he will take the mound on Wednesday, uh, against the Brewers in the season or in the series finale before Thursday's eventual, um, Start of Series 2 against the Dodgers. Um, Lamette, of course, uh, has been at uh, different training sites, uh, pitching sim games. Last week, he was pitch he pitched about 60-65. Uh, 
And then um, last, uh, I mean, yesterday uh, before the game, uh, he was able to um, get about uh, 70 to 75. I believe it was Sunday in that sim game. Um, so Jace Tingler uh, announced yesterday um, that he will be returning on Wednesday, probably throw about 75 to 80 pitches against the Brewers just to see how everything is feeling. Um, and that is uh, just in time for the Dodgers series, like I said, and that's when the Padres will line up their rotation against the Dodgers, kind of similar to what the Dodgers did earlier in the week uh, as they um, are going to have uh, Ryan Weathers um, start off in game one, Hugh Darvish game two, Blake Snell game three, and then Joe Musgrove game four. I'm very excited as I will be at game four on Sunday nights, uh, Sunday night baseball, so I'm very excited to see No-No Joe. Uh, but like I said, a lot of good things to take away from this Dodgers and Padres series. I know, unfortunately, that uh, the Dodgers were able to take this series um, and basically take uh, the first two of three. Um, but like I, like I said, it, there's still so many great things that happened in this series. The pitching was phenomenal. Uh, the bats really woke up when they needed to. Unfortunately, like I said, though, there were plenty of times where if we're playing with a tie, if we're playing with a one-run lead, maybe some events start to go our way. Maybe our bats are a little bit hotter, um, you know, with without having that a little bit of extra stress of being down one. You know, maybe if we're able to convert a few of those innings that we do have runners on second and third, we do have a runner on second, uh, turn that into at least a one-run inning. It doesn't have to be some crazy fucking... Um, rally in an inning, but at least if we get a couple on the board, we're not playing with as much stress down the line. You know, it did work out for us on Sunday, and we were able to battle back, just like we had been all series, but on Sunday was that game where we really battled back, and we took over. We've been able to battle back plenty of times this season, but taking over, making the game our game, that's something that we're still working on, and I know that we're right, right there. Uh, it's really just going to take a couple more bats to get hot. Manny, Manny Machado has been playing lights out. I know his four-game hitting streak ended last night, uh, but, I mean, he's still Trevor. Ba he's still in Trevor Bauer's head, two for two, two singles against him on Sunday. Um, really uh, just that spark on offense, really carrying the team on Friday night to that uh, extra innings. Um, so I, I just have no, I have no doubt that when Tommy Pham's bat starts to wake up, Fernando Tati starts to – uh, settle into his own groove and get out of his head um, and you know everybody else as a result of those guys stepping it up will only step up their game as well so no concern over here very excited for the game tonight um, and very excited for the rest of the season but moving on into some like I said before plenty of album anniversaries that have been happening over the past week um, first and foremost though K O-D. I mean, three years since K.O.D. came out. Three years since J. Cole dropped a masterpiece. K.O.D. Three meanings. Kids on drugs, Kane overdosed, and Kill Our Demons. Of course, this album has plenty, plenty of heavy, um, just heavy emotions, heavy lyrics, heavy, uh, just heavy I guess, uh, interpretations, um, you know, of course, another, excuse me, another 12 track album, uh, you know, he was able to, um, 
do this as a follow-up to his uh, 2016 album, For Your Eyes Only. Uh, this um, album did come out of uh, surprisingly, or not even surprisingly, on 420. And like I said before, this kind of directly relates to uh, the biggest, I'd say, takeaways from the album. You know, Kill Our Demons, Kings Overdose, Kids on Druds. Um, you know, this, this scene directly on the album's cover art. Uh, the title's meanings, of course, the frequent mention of the drugs and, um, you know, what drug use can do to not only an individual, but a, a whole family, a community. Um, that's, you know, quite uh, often heard in the lyrics <coughs> in the songs that uh, support just like that type of, I guess, that type of message. Um, but, you know, this uh, this intro track goes through um you know it's it, it kind of just goes through um like i've said before the the different meanings of the album i guess you can say um you know that's not really anything too crazy uh but it, it kind of uh you know concludes with all of the um you know various things that uh you can you know find yourself uh going into or um you know find yourself choosing uh as that that's it you know choose wisely of course is said quite often on this uh on this album and uh this intro track is just kind of a narrator um you know talking about how a newborn maybe baby has two uh, ways to communicate and one is laughing and saying I love this or crying and saying it's frightened me or I need something that's uh, need something because I'm in pain uh, you know life can bring so much pain and there's there are many ways to deal with this pain choose wisely and I mean that's uh, you know basically uh, just the entire premise of this entire album I mean J. Cole really uh, tried to not only talk about, uh, you know, what it's like from a perspective of, you know, if you do choose the route of drugs and trying to cope with your problems in that way, but uh, just all types of things that you can unfortunately fall into uh, if you do get addicted in the wrong ways. Um, and we're able to uh, also just hear it from Cole's perspective, which also gives a just a completely unique, um, I guess, take on everything in life already uh so adding it to this um concept uh this day and age where we're seeing so many rappers so many legends unfortunately pass away unfortunately die due to these drug overdoses uh due to coping with um whatever is going on inside of their head with drug usage um and uh this is exactly what jay cool is trying to talk about throughout the entire project you know um you know uh it, it's just unfortunate uh to see that people are still um you know falling victim to the the drug um epidemic and everything that comes between it but uh jay cole truly did put on um a great uh message on this one trying to preach yet again and again that um there are so many other ways to uh medicate to get your mind right even if it sounds corny and literally through meditation or 
just writing, uh, doing things you love, remembering the people you love and how much you might be hurting them. Um, you know, he's really able to speak uh, so freely on this, so openly on this. Um, and that, that vulnerability is, is what, uh, you know, the listener truly hears at the end of the day. Um, you're able to hear this um, on KOD, the title track, when he, he basically just goes in the entire time. Um, you know, he, he kind of uh, is flutzing in a major ways, uh, kind of just uh, talking about what it's like to be at uh, his his level nowadays, what it's like, what his life is like through his own perspective, knowing that, you know, he's finally made it. He's finally at the top. Uh, and it's kind of as if, you know, what's my purpose now? You know, my entire life I've uh, been trying and pushing to be the big, trying to push to be the biggest rapper in the game, trying to push to have the biggest, uh, the, the biggest fans, uh, fan base, the biggest, uh, you know, venues to play my concerts at, uh, you know, the best lyrics, the best flow. Um, and, you know, I, I me and along with a lot of other people, I, I agree that he's already there. And I know that J. Cole knows that he's there. And I feel like this, this album was that, um, that first time where J. Cole really took that, uh, that big bro, um, mindset and kind of put it to use, uh, you know, like I said, knowing the world that we're in, knowing, uh, where the hip hop and rap game, uh, are as an entire whole, uh, he is really able to, uh, put on and put, you know, give, give these young kids something, uh, to really listen to, not necessarily have on in the backgrounds and, uh, you know, just bump my head to some Playboy Cardi or, you know, just some shit like that. And there's nothing wrong with, with songs like that, you know, but uh, Cole was definitely trying to just um, speak to the youth, not only, um, you know, the youth, uh, but to the younger people in the rap game and really speak some knowledge, you know, speak some uh, talking about money, talking about uh, how to, you know, how to uh, properly invest, um, talking about what it's like to um, be tats for as much as he is and asking the questions as to why he is or like where that money is going um, and, you know, how why it's important to um, save this as, you know, it's important to, uh, what's it called, just uh, continue to push yourself and your own and your own crafts not get so um, caught up in what you're getting now. Um, he speaks a lot about that on 1985. I don't know if I said that in the right way, but, um, you know, 1985, of course, is supposed to be the intro to his next album, The Fall Off. But um, on 1985, he's really speaking to the fact that, you know, you may be hot right now. You may be getting money right now. You may be uh, having an extreme amount of income coming in at the moment, but uh, that does not mean it'll always be like that. That does not mean that you're always going to be, uh, rich. You're always going to be able to buy all these nice cars, fancy, excuse me, houses, um, extremely iced out chains. Um, but instead utilize it, uh, for the betterment of your future, utilize, utilize those, those things for the betterment of your children's future, um, your future self that maybe doesn't want to tour and make money, maybe wants to just be chilling you know you don't always have to be hustling um and getting money if you're smart in the moments uh and make those right moves you know and i feel like 
you know, this entire album, uh, I know the main premise is about choosing wisely. Uh, and I, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, Jade Cole himself was able to have a full circle realization um, and truly understand where he's at in the game in comparison to a lot of these other young rappers. And that's exactly what uh, he did on this track um, and on the entire album, really. Uh, and he was able to also uh, do this through his own vulnerability, through his own um, just message in general about the shit that he's seen, how addiction can fuck not only you up, but it can fuck everybody else up um, around you and uh, get people that, um, you know, like your loved ones thinking, you know, why are they doing this? Why are they choosing this um, when I'm still here? You know, do they love me? Are they doing this because they don't love me? Uh, yada, 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 you know. So uh, J. Cole, three years of KOD. I was so fucking blessed to see this um, live at SDSU, uh, SDSU's Viejas Arena, um, the concert alone, um, not only were the songs and the lyrics something that uh, was just so fun to watch and rap to, and of course he played all of his old hits as well, but um, the thing that I would take away most from that concert is all the gems that J. Cole was able to give us, you know? Um, there were plenty of times in between songs where he truly was speaking to um, just everybody. He was speaking to how this shit is real. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling stories and I'm, I'm giving you advice and wisdom for a reason, you know, got it. You like he, his main message was to just take all of that and, and apply it to your own life and make sure you aren't that person that is, you know, uh, causing X, Y, and Z or doing X, Y, and Z to make other people uncomfortable, you know, um, and that's, that's always what I'll take from that concert, that experience as a whole. Uh, J. Cole truly showed me what it's like uh, to not only, um, you know, hold yourself accountable when you are at the level he's at, but um, the best thing and the only thing that you can really do when you get to that level is pass it down, pass all the knowledge that you've been able to accumulate through your entire run. Uh, accumulate uh, while you know you mean you've been going through the game and experiencing all the stuff you have been uh, and not only give it to artists and people on the come up that are in your industry but also just everybody because you know just like music and sports are synonymous um, you know these uh, these people uh, just because they are, you know, the biggest rappers in the world or the biggest artists in the world does not mean they're not going and feeling the same emotions that we are on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you truly listen, uh, you will be able to, you know, find some gems here and there, uh, regardless of who it's from, you know, even if you don't listen to Jade Cole, you can still get something from an artist, a man that has gone through what he's gone through. And, uh, I know that he can gain something from you as well. So, that is something that I'll always be able to take away from KOD uh, and that concert. But um, the album as a whole, uh, definitely a 10. Uh, like I said, 12 for 12 on the tracks. Um, and cannot believe it's already been three years. Another GOAT um, who recently uh, is celebrating an album anniversary is none other than Kendrick Lamar. Um, as four years ago on April, on April 17th, was the release of Damn. Um, of course, 
this uh, 2017 release was sadly Kendrick Lamar's last solo album. Of course, the Black Panther uh, the Black uh, Panther album came out, and that was literally Kendrick Lamar's album. But uh, I'd say the last solo album, of course, was Damn. Uh, this is another another album that uh, Ken, we're, we're truly able to see Kendrick Lamar um, at his best. I mean, the entire pro, pro, um, the entire uh, I don't want to say process, but just concept, I guess, where um, it's as if you can play the entire album in reverse order, and that's it's it'll be the same exact thing. That was pretty crazy. Um, I remember uh, being a senior. Um, when this, I mean, not being a senior, being a junior when this dropped, this, this was definitely a great time, great time for music. Um, you know, I, I think this was when, uh, Frank was also dropping his little singles here and there with Chanel and biking and, uh, lens, you know, K dot was dropping, uh, TDE was just on a pretty big run. Um, you know, following the releases of like Isaiah Rashad. And then I know SZA dropped. I know uh, Schoolboy Q had dropped uh, Blank Face. Um, so yeah, this was just a, a good time for TDE. And um, I'm real. I really think that we're in store for another little, uh, run by them. Um, but in the meantime, all we can do is really talk about their run that they've already had. Um, I mean, do I even really need to explain how big this album was? How amazing um, this album was for hip hop and the culture? I mean, DNA as the start, as the second track after, uh, you know, I mean, first and foremost, Blood, the intro, um, you know, getting into uh, how, you know, Kendrick Lamar narrating, um, you know, what is happening uh, to, you know, I, we want to believe is him, but is he narrating, you know, another story, uh, you know, taking a walk the other day and he saw a blind woman um, and, uh, you know, after, you know, she was having a hard time, he asked, you know, can I be of any assistance? Um, and then she replies, oh, yes, you've lost something and you've lost your life. And he ends up, uh, you know, end up being a gunshot. Um, and then there, uh, you know leads into the news uh, anchors talking about um, Kendrick Lamar's views on police brutality. Uh, and then that's, uh, what's it called, from the song, you know, and we hate the popo, want to kill this in the street, faux show. And then, boom, it leads in right into DNA. Uh, what, an, what a start. And then, boom, goes into all these different uh, just experiences all these different um, feelings and emotions uh, that one can feel uh, throughout their life. And that's exactly what makes it, you know, a full circle moment at the end of the uh, album, at the end of Duckworth. Um, you know, this is where, uh, you know, it tells the tale of how Anthony Top Dog was planning to rob uh, the KFC where Kendrick Lamar's father was working at. Um, and, you know, the robbery, of course, could have resulted in Kendrick Lamar's dad dying, Kendrick Lamar uh, never, you know, growing up and living um, a life and being the greatest rapper uh, alive that he is. Um, but since Kendrick Lamar's dad had been so kind to Anthony, always giving him extra biscuits whenever he walked in, uh, this this uh, generosity caused uh, Top God or Anthony uh, to just 
simply not hurt him, not harm him. And then this, of course, happened uh, many years before uh, he signed uh, then 15-year-old Kendrick Lamar to his label Top Dog, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, this is uh, a relationship that has only grown and blossomed to be one of the uh, greatest, um, you know, and biggest uh, label signings ever. You know, Kendrick Lamar, really a nobody when he was signed. Uh, not a lot of people had heard of him and his talent. And to get to the stardom and place that he's at now really put TDE on the map. Uh, I mean, he touches Kendrick Lamar touches and talks about this relationship on um, Untitled Unmastered on the second track. Uh, of course, he says, me and Top is like Kobe and Phil. A father figure, fucked with him, you get killed. Fucked with me and he'll kill you himself. I mean, Top Dog is literally a family. Uh, goes back way, way, you know, beyond just Kendrick. And, of course, this story um, of how uh, his dad and his generosity is basically what saved his life and uh, how it all kind of came full circle. Um, but like I said, Damn is is uh, was Kendrick Lamar's third major release album. Um, you know, this was of course after he dropped the heart part four. Um, and then he said, y'all got until April the 7th to get your shit together. Um, and then April 7th came and that was just the pre-order, unfortunately. So we had to wait another seven days and that would be on good Friday, April 14th. Um, you know, of course this was following to pimp a butterfly, arguably the biggest hip hop album, um, you know, of the new generation, um, speaking on so many, you know, topics and issues in the black African-American community and really spoke, uh, I'm, I'm sure to the hearts of so many around the world. Um, you know, of course, Kendrick Lamar released his untitled unmastered in between this, but, uh, you know, this was the big release. This was what was going to follow, uh, something that is, damn near impossible to follow um you know and he was able to you know truly create something that uh like i said speaks to all of the various emotions slash things that truly create him as a person you know it's the first track is dna you know and then you go into you go into track four with elements. Uh, you then you go into feel. You go into uh, loyalty with uh, with Rihanna. Um, you know you uh, then get into seven and pride and really he really speaks on um, you know everything that he uh, you know what truly what matters I guess you know there's that this rap life is uh, is um, something that's of you know of spectacle and you know glamour uh but at the end of the day uh you know what i mean pride is gonna be the death of you and you and you and you and me because uh regardless of all of those things um it's about it's about being humble you know on that next track it's about um you know as much as you want to uh you know what i mean speak that speak that game and speak uh, all of those accomplishments and having that pride um, at the same time it's about being humble and you know still speaking your shit uh, don't get me wrong but um, you know he's able to truly create 
something that um, that everybody feels, um, and it's through the perspective of a guy who, you know, used to have nothing, used to be, you know, just a kid living in Compton, praying that should be his life and his dream, and boom, he made something uh, like to pimp a butterfly, like Good Kid, Mad City, like a Section Eighty, and uh, it's like, how do you res- how do you follow all these projects? You know, how do you uh, how have you been able to continue to do this? And uh, I feel like every song speaks to all of these emotions um, that uh, you know has allowed him to get to the place that he's at, um, and all these songs uh, as a result are so personable, so, um, you know, tolerable because of that, you know, because you're able to hear Kendrick Lamar truly speak to all the things that he has felt, uh, he's currently feeling, uh, etc. you know, so um, it's crazy. It's been four freaking years since we've gotten a Kendrick Lamar solo project, um, but in due time, in due time, we will get a new Kendrick Lamar project, and I'll be able to further analyze this new project. I feel like, um, you know, it's it's crazy that, you know, looking back on KOD, looking back on Damn, and thinking of the years that have happened since these releases, uh, all the things that I'm still able to talk about, all the things that I'm still able to pick and, and get from these albums, I, I'm just so excited uh, for the fall off from KO, from J. Cole, I'm so excited from Kendrick Lamar's new new album. Um, just to talk about uh, and pick apart these new um, subject banners, whatever they do decide to talk about. And then three years from then, it's like still being able to, you know, pick apart these albums and truly, uh, you know, see what they were trying to say in that moment and see how accurate they were and, uh, just appreciate the art that they were able to give us. Appreciate the time and um, everything else that they would put into that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just very excited for the new releases. Uh, of course, um, you know, Young Thug, Slime Language 2 came out this past Friday. If you have not listened to it yet, I highly suggest you do. Um, if the names Travis Scott, Drake, Lil Baby, Bitch Sean, Lil Uzi Vert, uh, Kid Cudi, Future, Nav, Skepta, uh, Meek Mill. If all those names, out of any of them, if you fuck with them, uh, they are featured on this album. So you should definitely uh, go listen to this project that is for the culture. Uh, that is something, um, you know, something that uh, is like a, you know, Revenge of the Dreamers tape. Uh, like a DJ Khaled tape, but it's just Young Thug and his label's little spin on it. So uh, I highly suggest you go listen to that. Um, of course, uh, this weekend, uh, as in tonight, um, or not actually tonight, tomorrow at midnight, uh, Corday will be dropping a uh, sneak peek of what his album will be like as it's going to be called Until Then. Uh, it'll be a four-track EP um, that'll lead into the album. As he said, the album is almost done. But here's something just until. Um, and as like I said, a four-track EP, More Life featuring Q-Tip, Dream in Color, What's Up featuring Young Thug, and Thornton Streets. Um, very excited for this. This is uh, Corday's. I mean, I know he's released the Parables and 
there was another song. Oh, Gifted with Roddy Rich. Um, and then these four songs uh, will then lead into the album. So this is the the first time we're really gonna be hearing Corday since the since the uh uh what's it called since the Lost Boy, of course, uh, Grammy nominated freshman debut album from Corday. Um, and I'm just very very excited to hear what he brings, what he spits on this one. I have no doubt in my mind uh, that you know. He's going to bring it. I feel like Corday is the next up. Uh, is going to be like that, you know, that artist that we talk about five, seven years from now. And they'll be on that level of J. J. Cole, Kendrick, Drake as just a respectable artist that always brought it, always brought it. Whether it be production, whether it be lyricism, uh, whether, whether it be subject matter, um, he just never missed, you know. I, I really, truly believe Corday is that next guy in line, uh, along with like J.I.D., um, and some of these other upcoming guys, but I'm very excited for this drop. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I really, uh, have for today. Um, I hope that you all have a blessed 420. I hope, uh, if you, you know, play, uh, MLB the show, you have a great night tonight. And I hope that if you, um, indulge in some marijuana, I hope you have a great night as well and celebrate 420. But, uh, like always, it has been real. It has been a fun time. I'm very excited to uh, catch you all on Thursday. Thank you so much.